Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 72 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Payne, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, new dad. Are we allowed to talk or do we have to whisper? We can talk. Excellent. Hey. Hello. Hello. How are you? Tired. I'll bet. Yeah. I'll bet. Congratulations, yes. sir. Oh, thank you very much. So, thank you. Uh, to both you and your lady wife, Jackie. Yes, and indeed my new son, Nathan. Yes, welcome to the world, yeah. to Nathan. Yeah, and, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, and a uh, fair play to you for uh, recording a podcast on literally the third day of his life. Well, yeah, I mean, he he, he's, he, he wants to be involved, so... <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll find a way. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he may chime up at yeah, some point during that's, proceedings. That's, that's quite possible. Uh, Everyone doing well, though? Everyone is doing well, Excellent, yes. excellent. Yeah, right, yeah. I am going to hazard a guess that your viewing this week might be quite thin. Uh, you would be right in that assumption, sir. I have had other things on my plate. You have indeed. But I do have screeners for both the Suska Sisters Rabid and mm-hmm. Three From Hell. Yeah, we are... I don't know if we'll both necessarily be next week. We'll be talking about both of those in the coming weeks. Yeah, so um, we'll take a look at that. Um, and I will use some of my paternal downtime to try and get those watched. Cool, I'm going to try and get through those also. I have only watched one thing that's really kind of like relevant to this this week. Okay. But it's something that I've been looking forward to rewatching for ages first saw it at fright fest in 2016 okay um and it also tying back into the fact that i don't have a reliable source for what's coming to amazon prime the only reason that i found out it was there is because i saw chris niles being tagged in something on facebook about it landing on amazon prime it right. was uh, adam rifkin's director's cup oh yeah with pendulette with pendulette now i have uh, i've no, not seen this so i saw this in 2016 at fright fest when it was a shepherd's bush and i absolutely loved it and i've been kind of intermittently shouting about it uh, ever since like you know how Epic Pictures did the release of it in America yeah yeah uh, the, whenever the dread label yeah whenever they put anything on uh, Instagram about it I would just reply to the story being like when's it coming out in the UK and they were like for the last time we don't know um, <laughs> so uh, it appeared on Amazon Prime so I caught up with it again this week and it is Really, really good, but so, so fucking weird. Like, uh, do you know anything about it at all? Do you know no. much? Basically, how it works is you are watching theoretically a film called knocked off right which is like this smoky fincher-esque thriller about a, a smoky ser- thriller yeah a smoky thriller about a serial killer who is killing people off in the manner of other serial killers oh, right, okay. and it's like these police trying to investigate it and uh, missy pyle and lynn shay are both in the film within the film okay right mm-hmm. but basically what you were watching is that film right and it is the director's cut of that film with a commentary. But what you have here is Penn Jillette plays someone called Herbert Blunt. Is he a magician? If he is, then it's not referenced. Um, but <laughs> no, but it does look like one. He has... It's a crowdfunded film, is the idea. Okay. He's per, he's He is a, just a guy who's obsessed with Missy Pyle. Right. So he buys an executive producer credit on Kickstarter, visits the set, and takes it over. <laughs> okay. So what you were watching is his director's cut of Knocked Off. Okay. 
This is precisely as weird as it sounds. I don't know, it sounds pretty interesting. It's very, very funny, but when I was watching it back, it also goes really dark as it goes on. Okay. I think I think this is great. I don't think it'll be for everyone. Uh, I think that some of the kind of like, because there's a kind of quite a strong kind of kidnappy theme about it later on. Uh-huh. And I think that that comes in quite jarringly into something that is predominantly a comedy. Not sure that's going to sit right with everybody. <laughs> but um, I think it's great. I think that I think that it handles it just bit like the kind of two tones that it's got going on really well. Pendulette's hilarious in it. The actual writing is really, really funny. Uh, did Pendulette also write it? Or was he involved in know. the writing? I believe he might have been. Also a very, very game central performance from Missy Pyle here as well. I think she's always been pretty game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she is generally, but um, I think that yeah, like you really have to not take yourself too seriously to do what goes on in this film. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I think that also if you know a little bit about how films are made and stuff like that, I think that you'll probably find it funnier. I but, have some experience in that field, granted limited. Yeah, but um, uh, I think that, but that's by no means a bar to enjoying it. I think this is great. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everyone. It's like a qualified recommendation. I'm unsure what elements some people might have a little bit of a harder time with. Right. But it's there. I think it's great. I think it's got a real brain in its head and uh, I think it's worth checking out that was the main thing that I watched this week and it's on Amazon Prime now it's on Amazon Prime in the UK now yeah and uh, it's been available in America for ages but it's available <laughs> through Dread yeah <laughs> big thank you to Dread and their very patient social media team <laughs> for always politely just kind of like diverting me whenever yeah they were very touch. kind to me when I uh, ordered Stuart Sparks Book of Monsters and I got a very nice email saying that they weren't shipping it to the UK oh right okay uh, but yeah, director's cut. It's there. Go check it out. I think it's really good. Excellent. So, so we're, fuck, we're flying through this. Well, if Nathan wasn't awake before, he is now. Um, I did get another one in today. I watched Psycho. Oh, for the Hitchcock. Yes, Psycho. Right for the first time. <laughs> No, Gus Van Sant's Psycho. That's the one that was in the list. Uh, yes, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho for, for the first time. time. Wow. And thoughts. <laughs> Like, yeah, that was brilliant. Loved it, obviously. Well, I. Um, yeah, it's, good. It's, it's great. I don't know what I was expecting. Obviously, I know a lot about it. Everyone does. Of course. But um, I don't know if I necessarily expected the actual kind of the setup of it to be the way that it is. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't, I think I didn't expect it to jump outside of the motel so much and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really good. But I mean, again, there's, there's, there are so many of these. The next few that are coming up are a little bit, not obscure, but they're not. Psycho, right. <laughs> um, where, yeah, where I'll feel like less of a moron being in 2019, be like, you know what's good, Psycho. <laughs> uh, but yeah, another one off the list in the Shortwave 100. Uh, the end is in sight. Next few months. Where, yeah. are, where are we now? We must be 90 odd now. I'm knocking on to 90. I don't think it's quite 90, but um, but it's definitely getting there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. They have been saying plenty this Ugh. week. Uh, I was going to say mostly about Final Destination, but that, that is not the case. It's not technically true. And I think that we should actually start with this. The not-so-secret obsession of the listener base on this podcast now is, with the encouragement of Mr. John McPhail, Netflix's secret obsession. We are now more or less the secret obsession podcast. Uh, certainly the minisodes have started to take on that bent. Uh, but big thank you to everybody. There was a massive conversation about it this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, People which- were uh, pitching Scottish remakes... 
Uh, yeah, that was all manner of secret obsession-related nonsense flying around. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go into the uh, the particulars of the Twitter conversation that went on between like Darren Gaskell, Lauren McIntyre, John McPhail, and a few other people. But it is very funny, and you should all go and read it. I'm just not I'm just not going to read out the entire thing because it genuinely kind of went on over a span of about eight hours. <laughs> um, but Kevin Matthews, Salter Popcorn, he was listening to the mini show pretty much as soon as it came out, sure, um, sure. and he just wrote yes and block capitals with about eight exclamation marks, and it was like, and then immediately just chimed back in with uh, sorry that was my eager reply to the idea floated about the secret obsession episode of course we did entertain the idea of doing an episode on secret obsession with john mcphail that seems to be growing arms and legs and is almost certainly going to happen uh yeah i would say at this point it's pretty much nailed on um i've actually I've, i spoke to john uh, in a sideline conversation this week and he's already started researching he's ready to go oh right yeah. wonderful yeah right. he, he's, he's reaching out to people for comment and everything he's trying, he's trying to get <laughs> in touch with, he's trying to get in touch with people who are involved in the production like uh he's he's sleuthing as we speak about this so i kind of feel like because he's already gone to so much trouble we have to do it would you say that john has uh an obsession of his own uh yeah but it's definitely not secret oh fuck no no he wears it on his sleeve uh yeah cosmic rigor also getting in touch uh you have to defend secret obsession on strong violent pc she says tagging john darren gaskell Mm-hmm. Not a man to stay silent, and not in this case either. Getting in touch to say, I'm going to have to watch Secret Obsession. I can reveal that he did. Yeah, uh, because go- he was part of this massive conversation, which yeah. I dipped into fleetingly um, in, in hospitals and whatnot. And- <laughs> Glad you had your priorities in order. <laughs> Babies sometimes sleep. That's true. Yeah, Wives yeah. sleep. Yep, yep. I understood, understood. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Fuck's sake. I mean, I mean I'm, you know, you don't tell me how to do my job. Uh, but yeah, and Darren did go on and watch it, and like I say, he was a contributor, an ardent contributor uh, to the uh, conversation that went on after that. So yeah, Secret Obsession taking up the bulk of the feedback this week. I was wading through a lot of notifications about that when I was uh, putting this together. However, we also had a few people getting in touch about this past week's episode, episode 72, where uh, Gabriel Robertson joined us to talk Final Destination 3, talk very convincingly about Final Destination 3, I must say. Yeah, I liked the conversation. It was yeah, a, good, same. a good mix of uh, writerly schoolings. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not scholarly writings? Because you didn't, uh, right, Yeah, writerly schoolings, why not? Um, and quite fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, I and have total baby brain, by the way. Apologies. That's I, fine. I am not firing on all cylinders. That's okay. I mean, you, you did you did just say writerly schoolings. Salted popcorn getting in touch. FD4 is the harder film to defend. I oh, really God. love Final Destination 3, but always hate the way that it seems to be the one movie in the series in which the main event is changed too much by those who missed death. Agreed. Yeah. They explain on the commentary track that it still would have happened, but I think the video camera contribution to the roller coaster carnage means that when things are changed, they're potentially changed more than in any of the other movies in terms of the order. We very much came down on that side yeah, uh, Gabe, during the conversation. Gabe brought that up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He talked about it at length. Very, very balanced conversation. Oh, very much so. On Gabe's yeah. part, I yeah. must say. Yeah. Um, which I think makes for a more convincing uh, argument, I think, when you can also talk openly about the film's shortcomings. And that is one, I think. I think it's a massive one. Yeah. Uh, also, Andre Martin's Callahan, get in touch. The biggest problem it has is that it follows the franchise's best entry, in my opinion. Final Destination 2. Yeah. Right. Okay, I'm, I don't know if I can agree, if I necessarily agree with that. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know how I feel about the fifth one, but yeah. Um, but he also said it has the subway ending, and that would have been a great start for the fourth one. It certainly Ooh. would have been better than the NASCAR thing. Well, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd just watch the third one again, to be honest. That's also true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it, yeah, it's, it's not like it's not like chronology is important. Yeah, just go straight to the fifth one. <laughs> I've got some Final Destination stuff here. Okay. Uh, Wicked Sister 69 Kim Morrison ah, yes. touch to say, did you watch the DVD with the choose your own adventure feature it's always fun to change people's deaths now 
this is a Gen 1 DVD from when this first came out. <laughs> and it does have that feature on it, as we were discussing. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think I've ever watched it. I don't oh, really? think I could tell you what what differences are to be found in anyone's death. Okay. Well, that could be a, I was going to say that could be a cool thing to try and do, but I mean, I get the impression that on your priority list, re-watching Final Destination 3 using a separate functionality is probably not that <laughs> high on it just now. It's not low, <laughs> but it's not up there. So another thing that, um, that happened this week, obviously, with uh, you making your parenting debut, yeah, yeah. was that um, I uh, jumped into the editing suite in your stead. I think it's important to mention you actually jumped into the editing suite twice this week because you also edited the bonus zone. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, so quite impressive. Quite impressive stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's that's fine. That's and I good. think you've done a wonderful job. I just want to say that. I'll put that out there now. Thanks very much. I um, uh, I kind of it was a weird one because it took me a really long time. Oh well, uh, yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, like because, but I think that because I'm because I'm shite at it, it took me longer. So am I. Um, so um, uh, I genuinely, when I was getting towards the back end of it, I was uh, chopping out like hesitations and things like that, and I got to the point where I was like, I have just been editing out spaces and people doing this. I haven't actually listened to the content of it for about half an hour. It's like I hope that it's I hope it's funny. <laughs> it's not. Oh, that's the, that's unfortunate. <laughs> right, lesson learned. Pay attention next time. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a painstaking process, and uh, and the biggest pain in the ass of this whole thing. Uh, the reason that I mention it is that obviously we put a little something out, basically explaining that the episode was going to be running behind, sure, because we did have a couple of problems getting it uploaded. Um, and I want to say that it was finished on time. It was the uploading. The, Whatever, uh, <laughs> we put something up basically explaining the situation um and uh the consequence of it uh dave cooper deluxe underscore man on twitter who uh, i want to give a shout out to this week actually in particular mm-hmm. uh through a little cash are we dave thank you so much for yes, that That's... very very cool a lovely message attached as well yeah. so thanks so much for absolutely that absolutely amazing man thank you uh but he got in touch saying given the circumstances a slight delay is forgivable don't rush we can wait also congratulations andy the floodgates opened at this point and i'm just going to take a minute to read out a couple of messages that came oh, on oh this is nice uh, so uh Jennifer Morley. Mm-hmm. Morley saw us on Twitter. It's a baby, or is it? I think we need to see the tongue. I can confirm he has a perfect little pink human tongue. There we go. Good stuff. This- Dennis Extra Atherton replying as only Dennis knows how. The second best birth since Sam and Extra. Congratulations, Andy. All the best. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, Jules Boyle, former guest. Yeah. From episode 19, Life Force. Got in touch saying, congratulations, Andy. Now you'll know true horror. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I've seen some stuff. Uh, Andy McEwen saying, welcome to the Never Sleeping Again Club. And uh, another former guest, Paddy Murphy, getting in touch saying, huge congrats to Andy and Jackie. Guys, everyone, thank you. That was really lovely. There uh, may have don't been more. Be careful because I'm incredibly emotional. Just oh, now. okay. And I am bubbling at the drop of a hat. Right, okay. Should we just like batter straight into Mitch's bitches so you don't start crying? No, because I have plenty more things to talk about. Oh my God, okay. I'm compl- <laughs> I've am i completely run out, so you go. Uh, so sticking with Final Destination. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, Paul Etheridge, the director of Hellbent. Oh, cool. Uh, got in touch. Well, not necessarily getting in touch with us Commenting. on Instagram, but he certainly commented on Instagram tagging uh, Final Destination writer Jeffrey Reddick. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, saying, uh, they're doing your movie now, which can be taken one of two ways. Uh, that can be taken in a positive way or like, oh, these fucking guys are doing your film now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 Call it's, your lawyers. <laughs> Well, um, I hope that if either of them listened to the episode, they enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of general things. Here. Okay, cool. Uh, starting with Kim Morrison again. Okay. Uh, now, last week, I think I threatened to hunt her. I think you said you were going to have a word with her. Yeah, the most deadly game. 
So this was because she had fallen behind on uh, some minisodes. Yes, yeah, yes, that's correct. Uh, but she has uh, come crawling back, full of apologies. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> true. <laughs> no, not do I. But uh, yes. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> Look who's come crawling back. <laughs> Uh, Kim, uh, sorry Kim sorry Kim uh, before Andy makes stuff comes for me see she knew she knew she could feel uh, the, the whispering wind of death approaching <laughs> my strong violent PC listening death will slipped as I beasted through my, my dad wrote a porno before the new series started as uh, I was about two books behind fair I'll point. be back in the 100% club soon oh cool okay I mean if, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, let your strong violent PC uh, listening slip for anything, then uh, a wee My Dad Wrote a Porno catch-up is a good one. You know you're the host of this show, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, that podcast is better than ours. Yeah. You're quite right. <laughs> uh, just, good. yeah, for, while we're on the subject, the new series of My Dad Wrote a Porno is out there. Like, uh, yeah. Parts of it. Yeah, the first, I guess by Three? now, the first four, four. for the time this comes out. Right. Uh, yeah, very, very funny stuff, as always. Yeah. Um, you done? No. Oh, cool. Okay, continue. James we, Plum. Have, we have not spaced this out on a turn-based basis at all this no, time. No, this is not your strongest week. <laughs> no, I don't... I mean, like, and I can't blame Baby Brain. No, no, no. James Plum at Mad Science Films. Hello, sir. Finally caught up with my strong violent PC backlog. Take note, Kim. Uh, usually, <laughs> I enjoy the episodes of films I've already seen, but recent episodes on Hellbent and There Are Monsters have made me converts to those movies. Nice. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys, for your excellent curating skills. Um, well, as you said at the time, Andy, the curating is down very much to the exquisite tastes of our guests. <laughs> um, yes, indeed, yeah. But thank you all the same, James. Really glad you enjoyed the episodes, and I am always curious. It's something that I always wonder about. It's because um, it's very different for different people. I understand yeah. that, mm-hmm. but I am very curious to know uh, how different people find listening to episodes about films they haven't seen or how much people go out of their way to watch them before uh, the episodes or if it matters um if it matters to them at all because i listen to uh film podcasts about films that i haven't seen quite a lot and it doesn't really bother me at all but i can completely understand why it would be a momentum breaker or a deal breaker for people remember early on in this this endeavor we kind of put just like a a quick kind of straw poll out on Twitter, I think. Yeah, I, I think at that at that point, it was kind of like mostly in favour of people not really minding if they'd seen them yeah, or not. Yeah, and I'd like that to be the case because quite often we do talk about things that are a little bit more on the difficult to find side. Yeah, certainly. But um, but yeah, always interesting to hear different opinions about that as well. Yeah. I can confirm to you now, Mitch, at this point in time, I have no more feedback. Okay, well, uh, my status from the last five minutes remains unchanged and I also have none. It is, once again, time for Mitch's Pitches. So, Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. And boy, does it. <laughs> While we are recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title and the tagline or any other identifying text and will leave only the image. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and, where possible, give it both a title and a synopsis. If this sounds weird, it's because it is. We uh, <laughs> will put the image on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, It'll be there by now. It will be there by now. Um, and we do, of course, welcome your pitches because they are often far funnier than mine. And this week is no exception. So uh, last week we had Fade to Black. We did. Yes, um, a great film. And uh, reappropriated uh, by me as Driving of Death for Box Office Stakings. Yes, and what I will say is uh, one of my favourite Mitch Bain efforts over the past few weeks. Oh, really? Very much enjoyed it. Uh, thanks. Thanks. That means a lot. Um, we had a lot of people. <laughs> we had a lot of people get in touch this week. Actually, we had quite a few pictures on uh, on this occasion. Okay, so first up this week, Andy McEwen. 
Ah, yes. When New York Times film reviewer Barry Sandwich hears of a private showing of a new film by the reclusive horror director Augusta Van Rui, Barry uses all his connections to find out where the film showing is happening. One of Barry's friends in the industry tells him it's at Von Rue's Beverly Hills home and he must speak the password orgy to enter. <laughs> Barry arrives at the party to view the new film. After watching it, he blacks out and awakens in his home to the news that the Von Rue home has burnt to the ground. This is great, by the way. I'd watch this yeah, so far. Yeah. As Barry continues his work, murders keep happening in theatres that Barry has attended the night before. Is this a coincidence or has the video nasty turned Barry nasty? Find Ooh. out in 1981's film, Reviewer, Review Thyself. <laughs> Great and unexpected title. <laughs> title, is, title is fucking great. The title hits that synopsis like a fucking freight train. <laughs> wow, I very much enjoyed that title. Very I happy with that. Didn't expect that at all. No, didn't same, same. C.P. Uh, Buckley, after he's brought back from the edge of death, lonely, depressed, obsessive film fan Cecil B. Deville oh. <laughs> starts to experience blackouts. Oh. This is... Might we say that they fade to black? Um, oh, oh. After he experiences one in the cinema and all other patrons are murdered, so kind of not, not a, a million, million miles, miles away. Yeah. Right. Own up. <laughs> who was, I'll have to go back and look who was first. <laughs> um, after he experiences one in the cinema and all other patrons are murdered, Cecil begins to hear the voice of a demon called Menatitaton. <laughs> the demon... <laughs> What's his name? Menatitaton. Thank you. The demon tells him that he has inhabited his body and that Cecil was meant to be dead. Menatitaton tells him that he <laughs> killed everyone in the cinema because they would not stop talking during the film and oh. that he'll help Cecil right the wrongs in his life. The pair go on a murderous rampage pursued by Detective Nora Clue and the cinema manager Cyril Yuloid. <laughs> Very nice. Will Cecil be stopped or will he carry on killing in the 1982 punk horror classic Cinema? <laughs> I like that, but you put a lot of effort into that Thanks very much. Andy McEwen, actually, after one long one on Facebook, got a touch on Twitter and said, it's my favourite film, Half Goth Fell Off. <laughs> sure. I also enjoyed. Um, Going over and above. Desperate yeah. for a truckload of nothing. To be fair, like yeah, he's in with a shout. Um, Dennis Extra Atherton got in touch. Say what? Yeah, with a pitch. This is unheard of. It is, rather. Um, he also uh, went for a rhyming one. Oh, so, I love a rhyming one, Mitch. Okay. Here we go. Is it labyrinthine? It's pretty long. Right, okay. Otto Renner had a fight with Jenna. He promised he wouldn't eat popcorn and bet at a tenner. But then Renner Otto, a split alter ego, told Otto I'm going, and where Otto goes, he goes. Right. Jenny was happy that she just won that tenner. She spent it at the pictures watching Senna. Tenuous. <laughs> but Otto watches, Otto watches horror and wears Mitch's Bitches t-shirts. Yet Renner likes comedy. It's with the same gender that he flirts. So when you're at the pictures, cautiously check the crowd, because kissing and killing are equally allowed. And as the curtain goes down and the screen fades to black, you'll either get a kiss from the front or a knife in the back. Hey! <laughs> Thanks for that, Dennis. Well done, Dennis. I'm welcome to the... Welcome to the pitching. The pitching leagues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Matthews, when cinema worker Charlie Cockporn keeps... <laughs> a- <laughs> keeps having paranoid delusions during the late screenings. It's up to sexy crime-fighting duo Pearl and Dean to get to the bottom of Brilliant. things. Amazing. Very good. Is Charlie having a breakdown or is someone out to get him? Can Pearl and Dean save his mental recession and depression while enjoying some concessions? Or is- <laughs> more fucking, yes. Or yes, is Charlie more. Be- has Charlie been butter-kissed by the cold lips of death? <laughs> Anthony Perkins stars in the 1979 Michael Winner gem, Calm Down, Dear, You're Just Projecting. Oh, I like that. Love it. Love it. That's. I think that's very, very funny. 
Dave Shakes, come on touch the Shakes 72. Excellent. Hi, Dave. Uh, uh, I have no pitch, but if somebody wants to work up the title The Inhuman League, then have at. <laughs> and in the spirit of collaboration, Kevin Matthews chipped in or have them provide a track for the movie entitled Don't You Haunt Me, Baby. <laughs> We have very clever listeners. <laughs> we very much do. Uh, Gorham got in touch, actually. Zombies Lou getting in touch at one point, just saying um, uh, that he thought that the guy in the poster resembled Steve Sainz from Visage, pointing out yeah. that they have a song called Fade to Grey. Ah, oh, so not quite as dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but a couple more, and uh, Tony Constantine first. Yeah. When pop music icon Mark Armand accidentally cuts his finger on a surprisingly sharp kernel of salted popcorn during a visit to the Pink Flamingo Cinema in Stoke, the removal of his signature single glove causes him to suddenly remember his life before music as beloved Crapston cheesemonger Keith Biscuit. <laughs> Days confused and desperate, Mark slash Keith seeks out the help of disgraced investigative journalist Christopher Crampstyle, <laughs> where together they discover Mark is just one small piece of a much larger plot by sinister shadow organisation Neuromanticore <laughs> to bring down the entire music industry from within by flooding it with banal pop music. Now Amon slash Biscuit and Crampstyle must travel to Belgium to single-handedly infiltrate the Euro Bureau of Neuromanticore, <laughs> shut down the production on their patent-pending neuromantic, neuromantic mind manipulation mitts and put an end to their maniacal, benevolent musical master plan. In 1983's semi-autobiographical Tainted Glove, the story of a soft sleeper cell. <laughs> Say hello, Biscuit. <laughs> Wave goodbye, Amond. That was very clever. That's coming from some deep, deep knowledge there. Yes, I agree. I think that that is great, um, but incredibly niche. Um, yeah, loved it. Chris Salt, Oblong Pictures, yes. on Twitter. Yes, Encouraged by a group of rowdy scientists that he meets at the movie theatre where he works, mild-mannered projectionist Sonny Metography volunteers <laughs> as a test subject at their Backstreet Particle Physics Lab. However, as he steps into their matter transportation pod, he doesn't notice that a pint of snake bite in black has been left in there after the scientist's boozy lunch. <laughs> Although the test at first seems to be a success, Sonny soon begins to notice strange changes in himself. A new sensitivity to bright colours, an interest in eyeliner, and an attraction to crimped hair and lacy Victoriana. Sure. Now a pale, gaunt shadow of his former self, Sonny is forced to lurk in the dark recesses of the cinema auditorium until one night the rowdy scientists return from an all-night Back to the Future marathon and he sets out to wreak his bloody revenge. Repackaged for a new teen market in the early noughties as Finding Emo, it's the grim 1986 <laughs> sci-fi slasher Touching Goth. Ah, brilliant. <laughs> that, I believe, is your lot. Wow. Um, so, as ever, two prizes of nothing to give away. Uh, one for best pitch and one for best character name. I'm finding it extremely hard to see past Andy McEwan's, if I'm honest. Uh, review or review thyself? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Best pitch for Andy, then? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, best character name, Kevin Matthews. Charlie Cockporn. Correct. Yeah. Very good, yeah. Just because it plays back and it goes to, to Mitch's pitch's past. Yeah, it's a callback. Yeah, it's a callback. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, which, which we always appreciate. Uh, yeah. So big well done to Andy and Kevin. You win a truckload of nothing? Yeah. No, not wow. a tr- not, well, not a truckload, but some. Just, why don't you just uh, DM us how much nothing you want? And we'll see what we can do. So I guess it's my turn now. Yeah. Okay. Ready for this? Yeah, I do it. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> right, okay. So potentially what, dangerous territory. I would say yeah. yeah, 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 I'm gonna have to, yeah. <laughs> okay, what we have here is um so we've got a woman or certainly um what looks like a woman shot from the torso down. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a mm-hmm. red dress which is blowing up in a Marilyn Monroe standing on top of a vent kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um it's a red dress with a belt around the middle. Black <laughs> belt around the middle. It's just barely getting there. There's no border by the way, and the background's totally white. 
She is standing with her legs apart and is wearing red high heels. Yes. Yeah. Uh, between her legs, looking between her legs, is a green alien wearing Nike Air high tops, uh, <laughs> drinking a can of Pab's Blue Ribbon. Other beers are available. Smoking a cigar and wearing what appears to be some armor and a kind of green kind of robe. I, can I just interject here? Is that not the king of beers that he's holding? Do you think it's Budweiser? I believe it's, uh, okay. I believe it's Budweiser. It's maybe Budweiser. I thought it was PBR. My mistake. Um, he also has a uh, like a Marge Simpson do, except white. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, yeah, he's kind of he's uh, looking lecherously up the woman's skirt while holding on to her right leg with his right hand. And uh, yeah, has a wee gurney smile on his face with a cigar protruding from the left side of his mouth. <laughs> Sure, yeah. So, uh, lecherous alien ogles woman in red dress. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's go. Okay. I've got to say well done. Thanks. <laughs> you handled that with sensitivity. And inclusivity. Let's see if I can do that with the pitch. <laughs> oh dear. Speaking of which. Okay, I think I got it. Okay. The people of a small midwestern town are rocked when they are besieged by a race of hedonistic aliens from a distant planet. Drawn to the town because the neighbouring fields contain the world's richest supply of a plant dubbed Masculinitis Toxatus by scientists, <laughs> the intergalactic ignoramai begin an unwieldy and ultimately pretty tiresome campaign of spilling beer, downing shots, working out four times a day, and making haphazard, unsolicited, poorly articulated sexual advances towards local women. With the town suffocating under the weight of both the alien invasion and stifling levels of rampant testosterone, it's up to brave local woman Millie Resilience and her sidekick <laughs> Ivor Wokesman to fend off the invaders in 1995's <laughs> UF Bros. <laughs> I like that. Thanks yeah. very much. Yeah. 95. Yeah. Uh, no, 1987. Okay. And the film is pretty terrible gremlins cash in. Right. Munchies. Munchies. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. I was about to ask if it's any good, but you've told me. Ugh, it's, it's not great. Right. It doesn't look great. great. I used to be obsessed with it, though, like when I was a wee guy. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd yeah. Get it at the video shop, like just over and over and over. Okay. Um, and then I had it for a while on, like, you know, you used to be able to buy X Rental. Uh huh. I had an ex rental of it, and uh, I realised, fucking hell, this is this is garbage. <laughs> this is hot garbage. Oh well. So, what's it about, and who is our synopsisizer? <laughs> uh, well, the synopsis comes this week from Concord New Horizons. Open bracket with permission. Closed bracket. Excellent. Okay. Good. Simon Waterman, a space archaeologist, discovers the munchies in a cave in Peru. Okay. Cecil Waterman. Simon's evil twin brother and snack food entrepreneur, kidnaps the creature. What Cecil does not know is that the creature, when chopped up, regenerates into many new creatures. And are they mean? Okay. <laughs> Fucking hell, right. It does sound awful, to be fair. <laughs> it's honestly, like, it's directed by someone who worked on Gremlins. Oh, right, okay. Oh, my God. E- I sake. believe the editor of Gremlins. Oh, that's kind of grim. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but uh, certainly uh, no flies on Concord New Horizons pitch, though. Uh, synopsis, <laughs> should I say. Thanks for that. Uh, that image is now everywhere. If you want to get in touch and uh, join in the pitching fund, then we would love for you to do that because it is always an absolute fucking riot. I'm quite interested in seeing what people could come up with with, uh, with regards to this image. Most certainly. So, a quick look at the streaming platforms this week, then. And uh, there's, again, a decent amount of stuff in there, um, I guess, as we move into October. Yeah, let's start with Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Uh, October 4th, Swamp Thing. 
Oh, really? Yeah. The series? I don't know. Oh, right. Okay. I, I, I saw this Swamp Thing was coming and could not find a resource to tell me which Swamp Thing it was. Okay. But an iteration of Swamp Thing lands on Amazon Prime this so it's week. either Wes Craven's Swamp Thing or the new series where Derek Mills stars as the titular Swamp Thing. Either one of those two things. Excellent. Uh, Sky Cinema, nothing as far as I can see. I did have a dig around. I couldn't see anything horror okay. uh, on the way. Uh, Shudder, available now. One Cut of the Dead. Go Aye. check that out. Yes. Boom! Boom! Uh, September 30th, got a couple there. Don't knock twice. Okay. Uh, a mother desperately looking to reconnect with her estranged daughter attracts the attention of a demonic witch. Yeah, don't watch it. I'm not too hot on that one, I must say. <laughs> uh, it's also September 30th, Black Rock. A camping trip on a main island turns nightmarish for three women, played by uh, Katie Asselton, Lake Bell, and Kate Bosworth. Oh, when that's, they quite, encounter... that's quite a trio. That's yep. a power hitting. Yeah, when they encounter a group of violent war veterans. Wow. And uh, Netflix. Netflix uh, running away with it quantity-wise okay. uh, this week. So October 1st, you've got Amy, that's A.M.I. After losing her mother, a teenage girl bonds with her phone's artificial intelligence app, a relationship that soon takes a dark and violent turn, which actually ruins quite a bit of the plot to the Black Mirror episode. Be right back. Or her horror film script that I wrote a few years ago as well. Ah, okay. <laughs> there we go. Um, October 1st, a stranger outside. A babysitting job becomes a life and death struggle for a former nurse trapped inside an isolated suburban house by a sadistic killer. Oh, I bet hear that. You know what that sounds like? It might turn into Deadly Game of Cat and Mouse. Sure. You're only fucking joking. Also, October 1st, uh, very relevant for uh, listeners to the show, especially when. Secret Obsession 2. Unfortunately not, but very much um, for the benefit of people who do not listen to episodes where they haven't seen the film. Right. Netflix, this Tuesday. Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. <laughs> Whoever paid for that DVD that James Plum watched in that holiday villa or whatever he was is going to be kicking themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you have been holding off catching up with the second episode of Jill Gavargazian for that reason, you can check that out now, or not now, but from Tuesday. Um, October 4th, uh, quite a big one. A few people talking about this in the tall grass. Oh, right, okay. Um, a brother and sister enter a field of tall grass to rescue a boy, but they soon realise they can't escape and something evil lurks within. That's Vic- uh, Vincenzo Natale's new film. It is Vincenzo Natale's new film, yeah, director of Cuban Splice. Yes. Yeah, and uh, October 6th, Within. Cuban Splice. What? Cuban Splice. <laughs> Cube and Slice. <laughs> Cube and Splice. I think you just need to leave the word Cube out in future episodes because this is the second time you've fallen into a Cuban trap. The director of Splice and Cube. <laughs> yeah. And uh, October 6th, Within, from 2016, Rachel has a gift of being able to see evil spirits within others. This gift could prevent a series of violent attacks on the children of her hometown. And uh, finally, also on Netflix this week, October 2nd, series-wise, season two of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Okay. Okay, cool. So, uh, that's your lot for this week. Because we didn't mention it last week, my inclination is to give the pick of the week to One Cut of the Dead. Um, but there's a few good things, as you can see, across the platform. One of... cut of the dead is amazing. It is. Yeah, I would. I have to say, don't watch, don't not twice. Uh, yeah, I'm not a lover either, I must yeah. say. But yeah, uh, plenty of stuff to be getting stuck into. I would imagine that this segment is going to be pretty beefy in October. Oh, sure. Uh, all sure, the streaming yeah. services will be dialing that up, I would imagine. Also, by the way, I just want to say, sad news this week about Sid Haig. Very sad news about uh, the passing of Sid Haig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely incredible career. Oh, yeah, yeah, amazing. So I guess it's time to take a look at this week's show. Right, I'm going to do a little bit of explaining here. You know, we had a guest lined up. Uh, events, as we know, have transpired. It was quite tight anyway, time-wise. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have rescheduled the guest. Yep. Just purely because of things here at home. Yeah. And the fact that it was so tight, we're now deciding to go ahead and do me versus you. 
Yeah, because I think that we got we looked at it and we thought that the options were that we would take a week off yep. to uh, let you get bedded into fatherhood, which was my suggestion. <laughs> but, I was like, no, but, no, uh, no, no yeah, I don't want that. Resolutely denied uh, the opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's um, fine. But yeah, uh, so we're going to go ahead and do an episode with me versus you because we were both a little bit more loose in our schedules. Yeah, yeah. Why the hell not? Yeah. Well, these are always fun. And, of course, uh, you get two in a row because <laughs> I got two in a row. What are you going for? What are we watching? So, last time I picked Demon Wind. You did indeed. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And a Which... fine time it was. By the way, that reminds me, actually, something of feedback that I glossed over was uh, Dave Cooper watched that this week and did not care for it. No, he did not <laughs> care for it. But, yeah, it still sent us money. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Thanks for your patience, Dave. <laughs> so, uh... This is also Mitch's pitches adjacent. This has gone back quite a ways. Probably the first, maybe five Mitch's pitches. Okay. Something like that. Right. Uh, this was a film that was appropriated by you yes. as Sonny with a Chance of Death. Ah, Nightmare Beach. Yes, it's on Battle Lenses, 1988, Killer on a Motorbike film, Nightmare Beach. Ah, the one that was also actually appropriated uh, by my dad as the full throttle throttler. Oh, yeah. Fuck, can we get <laughs> Mick Bain back on board? Uh, yeah, I can, I, I can ask the question. Yeah, 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 put it out to him, because yeah. uh, I always thought his contributions were invaluable. Uh, Dan and Gaskell certainly had a soft spot for floodlights over Salem. <laughs> you mean Norman J. Warren's in Seminoid? Holy crap, your recollection of this is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, also out there in an amazing box set from Indicator, by the way. Oh, cool, okay. Yeah. So we are talking Nightmare Beach on an Andy vs. Mitch episode this week for episode 73. That is Friday, of course, from midnight. Also, it's on Amazon Prime. It is on Amazon Prime, which is always nice. I think it, you can get it through all the VOD platforms, but if you have Amazon Prime, get it there. Also, uh, there's an 88 Films Blu-ray, right? There is an 88 Films Blu-ray, and it's a smasher. So if you want to have a chat with us about that or anything else we've talked about, or anything else, I guess, uh, you can get in touch with us in loads of different ways. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can email Longer Considerations, Musical Interludes, and Mitch's Pitches Suggestions, which we've had a few of this week. Thank you for those. Also, uh, listener choice episode submissions and much, much more. You can email all those things to scenes at gmail.com. We also have a website. Do we? Strongviolentpod.com. That has loads of stuff on it. <laughs> it does have loads of stuff on it. It has an unexhaustive list of podcast providers. Yes. Um, and whatever you're listening, please, please just take it. I know we say it all the time, but it really is massively helpful. Um, we need your likes. We need your comments. We need your reviews. Uh, it's massive. Oh, we need your good reviews. Yeah, if they're straight, shove them up your ass. We could do without your bad ones. Yeah, especially on iTunes, massively beneficial uh, in getting our kind of profile raised on there. Yeah. And we would love nothing more than to be able to bring more people into this madness. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Also on the website are links to all the socials that Mitch just mentioned. Yeah, also we have got a temporarily empty live show page. Let's just say you'll be hearing more from us this week. Watch your feeds. <laughs> We're back Friday, or sooner, who knows. We're talking at Nightmare Beach. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Do you want to come and sniff my baby? Yeah. 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 Bye! You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.